Hi, I'm Michael Hutchins from An Excess. Thank you very much for coming backstage with Access All Areas, okay? Hope you have a good time. with my Nexus nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Nexus Access All Areas, episode 154, the podcast that dives deep on all things great about this band, helps them get to the Rock Hall of Fame and doing it with a bunch of listeners and patrons and my compadre B. We are Access All Areas, aren't we? In Excess, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. I'm a lot better. We are In Excess, Access All Areas. Hello, everybody out there. Um, thank you for your patience for last week because we missed a week as well. So thank you for sticking with us and coming back. Technically, it was about half a week late. So there was a few a few techie issues and things like that in school holidays. But uh, look, thank you to everyone who downloaded because that one sort of seemed to hit a bit of a a bit of a niche with the audience. And I guess being Michael's last dance, so to speak, the topic and talking about the elegantly wasted tour, uh, we're going to follow up on a little bit of that today. But um, yeah, it would seem to resonate with people uh, out there. And even for us doing it, B, uh, it was a quite, quite a nostalgic and also a, a lovely sort of exercise to do because uh, it was a pretty uh, effective tour and it was their last as the original unit i had loads of fun with it actually interjecting all the live music into there and finding a couple of um, nuggets of interviews so yeah i really enjoyed it i'm glad i took a little bit more time over it yeah but you you generally like to ask me have i gone back and listened to an episode what do i generally say you say no have you listened to that one well i went back and listened to it i got bored with my own voice so there you go sorry listeners so even even i bore myself so Maybe I'll go back and listen to the topic part with your musical flourishes because uh, I bored you. myself shitless listening to myself. So I'm sorry, everybody, if I'm doing the same, but we're trying. So this week we're going to keep it nice and short <laughs> and sweet. <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to go into a bit of old school stuff today, but uh, I guess as we like to do, how has your in excess week been, B? Uh, I know school holidays comes along, but there's always little nuggets come across your desk and people uh, engaging with you. And I believe that uh, the, the, the initials JD – are very, very uh, resonant with you this week, uh, or resonating with you this week. And I'm not talking JD Fortune, I'm talking Johnny Depp. I know. How good was that? Please tell. Okay. Yeah, I will. I will. So um, in true B style, I got a date mixed up. I don't know how, but I thought it was Johnny Depp's birthday. And I put it out and then someone said, no, it's July. Where did June go? Hayden, I do not know. Anyway, so I quickly fixed that up and I found um, that um, Johnny um, had been in the media back in 2006 and somebody had said that they would like Johnny to play Michael. Now, even Johnny humbly said, 
no, I I can't play Michael. Michael, it was a shaman, you know, he was bigger than anything. Like, and anyway, this this post has gone absolutely viral. We've hit over where well, we're coming up to 4.5 thousand likes and loves and whatever it is and laughters, and it's reached over a million people. So I want to say hello if you have found the podcast through the Johnny Depp post. Yes. I think Johnny, he's born in July, isn't he? Is that right? Or is it June? No, exactly. I think it was June and I put it out for July. But oh, yeah. And- well, yeah. He, he's had a birthday along with uh, Mr. Tom Cruise recently. He's been in Australia. But uh, okay. yeah, I think that Johnny Depp rumour has gone all, often back to, I reckon, about year 1999, 2000, not long after Michael passed. Mm. It has been a. Uh, a long mooted project that uh, Johnny was going to star in, but uh, as well, time's Johnny's gone a bit on, rock and roll, isn't he? He's actually yeah. out there this week. Is it called the Black, the Black Vampires? I saw him strumming yeah. a couple of tunes. He plays in a, a plays in a sort of a, a super group with Alice Cooper and also I think mm. Joe Perry from Aerosmith. So the Black Vampires of LA or something like that. But uh, be quite um, cool to yeah. go and see them, though. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> Great, great for radio and podcasting. Be showing me a picture of a lunchbox. Is that right? Is it a lunchbox? I received this this morning from Danielle. And I don't know if you ever remember when she first came on to the show. Now, Danielle, for those people that don't know, Danielle helps us with fan engagement and she has been a a number one fan of In Excess and the podcast since she was 14. And when she was 14, she made her own mailbox and put it at the end of her drive. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that's where her in excess post used to come. Well, yes. she found an original, no, original nineteen. This is from nineteen eighty-eight vintage mailbox, and she has right. replicated it and made one for me. And, and I like the fact that the little gorgeous. the little door lever has a little little door lever has like Michael on it, so it's like I'm opening up a Michael's opening up a door for you to come in. Yeah, uh, so need you, you tonight. He does all, all the bells <laughs> and his, she's she's replicated all well of done. the stickers and stuck it all over, and then sent me a few little bits and pieces as well. So thank you, Danielle. That was absolutely gorgeous. Really lifted me up. Now I have got something else to tell you. Sure. I've just sent it to you and I've just spoken to Bruce Butler. Do you remember Bruce Butler from a few yes. weeks ago, Ollie Olsen's manager? Well, I've just sent you an invite to go and meet Ollie and everybody that was part of the new release because that's been released this Friday. So as we speak, it's already gone out. But if oh. you didn't make it, um, the invite is there. I've put it onto our socials, everybody, so you can go and yeah. see it. So if you live in Melbourne on Saturday the 15th, you can go and meet Ollie. There'll be plenty of physical copies for you to buy. And if you're yeah. lucky, you can get people to sign it for you as well. Where's it, where's it on it? Oh, you need you want me to go and find it and read it, aren't I? No, nah, that's fine. Have a look later. Yeah, have a look later. Yeah, and you've got to go, Hayden. There's no Ooh. yes, no, you going. I do have a football game on Saturday, but anyway, I'll see if it, the day the time's aligned. This but, is uh, more important, mate. The, this is more anything important. for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you remember there's going to be a red limited edition vinyl? Do you sure. remember? Yep. And I think he said that 
There was only I think, going I think to Pedro, be. I think Pedro and uh, David Gaunt are going ape droppings, as you just mentioned, special red vinyl release. There's okay. more. I have more. <laughs> okay, there's going okay. to be the first 500, which are nearly out. So yes. there's going to be a white vinyl, and the white vinyl oh. is going to be released at the presentation. So okay. you have got to buy me and you <laughs> a white vinyl each and get it signed, Bruce said. Right. Okay. okay. All right, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, B, we've we, we got to straighten up a little bit here. Um, our podcast only lives and dies by our by our patrons. So we want to welcome all of our lucky patrons aboard uh, and all the people who make this podcast possible. Over to you, B. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Ferris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkin, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. And to our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah Markham, Sarah Camia, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Lisa, Yvonne, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, Paul, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Kelly, Jackie, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Barge, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Scott, Anthea, Maria, Tracy, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, Stefan, Andrew, Georgie, Stephen, Keisha, Mark, Vernon, Lachlan, Mandy, Rachel, Nick, Sula, Amy, Diane, Paul Pendley, Paul Bridges, Elisa, and our special mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael Spriggs, Glenn Davis, Paul Boozy, and Jay Finlinson. Welcome to the podcast. Be. I guess a little bit of time I'm going to go through our topic, but uh, we're going to talk a lot about in excess fandom today and particularly the Alley Wasted Tour. We've had quite a bit of response from fans out there who did go on the tour and there may even be a little bit of uh, some old nostalgic nuggets today, B. I believe we've got a pleasure and pain coming up from you today and I believe there could even be a rant today. So this is a bit like in excess access all areas rewind, albeit with fresh content. So uh, looking forward to elaborating on that later, B, but uh, we're going to go old school a bit today and go, what's the time for? It's time for the news. Hi, it's Scott from Los Angeles. You're listening to NXS Access All Areas. And now it's time for the news. All right, we want to do a big shout out to both, well, to all of the Australian downloaders of our podcast because we've been uh, hovering and, and soaring and then stabilizing all in the top five uh, of Australian musical history podcast this week. So uh, it's been a real solid five and six and around that number and, and solid in the top 10 uh, without even going out for about five, six, seven days in a row. So thank you to everyone in Australia who has checked us out. Uh, and maybe that was a bit of a legacy of missing out on the Allegedly Wasted Tour. We sort of, uh, brought them back in time and gave them an experience uh, for those in Australia, the homeland who never went on the tour. So big thank you. B, it is the uh, week of some cover songs slash sort of uh, remixes and things coming out. Now, I know you were posting and sent out some uh, stuff about a remix of Just Keep Walking with, a, I think, a DJ on stage. Is that right, B? Sergeant somebody, wasn't it? Sergeant, yeah. Sergeant Pepper, is that right? Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Salt and Pepper. Sergeant Slick. 
Sergeant Select. There you go. Good day. <laughs> Another little one coming out is there's a cover song of Never Tear Us Apart, and it is by a band called uh, Laughing Squid, which I thought was an interesting name. And they do, a, 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 I think, a Never Tear Us Apart version. So go check that out. And there's also like a good mashup, like B. Do you like a good mashup? I do. I do. Yeah. Yes. yes. I like the Gwen Stefari ma- one. <laughs> mashup. Gwen, Gwen Safari. Uh, okay. Gwen Fari. <laughs> Gwen Fari. Okay. Maybe Safari. Okay. Uh, Stefani. <laughs> but uh, there's a mashup going around with Donna Summer, as in I Feel Love and Need You Tonight. Mm. So we might try to put that on our platforms as well. But uh, very famous song by Donna and a very famous song by NXS. So check that out. It is on, you know, go to your search engines. You should be able is to find it. Is it I Feel Love? Yes. Yes. Also, too, B, there's a couple of little articles this week. Uh, one that was a, a little brief one. It was uh, more of an audio homage to Kirk. I think uh, uh, Louisville Public Media, which I believe is in Kentucky, uh, acknowledged Kirk's birthday on air and did a version of the one thing with a little sort of step piece uh, of the song uh, description underneath. So uh, what up to Kirk? You're resonating, I think, in Kentucky uh, for your birthday on July 4. Uh, there's also uh, a site called uh, Mitter Music. Uh, and they've done a very interesting ranking, B, of uh, their top 15 in excess songs. And number one is a song I've never, ever seen ranked as their best song. Uh, but I, I always love to see these things. And I love the article. They said, well, after exhaustive research and a lot of algorithms and this, this, and this, we've come up with this list of 15. So uh, mid of music, I think it is, as opposed to middle of music. But uh, check that out. Also, too, uh, we'd also like to encourage our listeners out there to post reviews on various albums. So I'll give you a bit of education here. There's a very big music site called All Music Review. Uh, and when you go onto that, you can sort of often, you know, flip up articles on albums and things. At the moment, there isn't a review on the US Festival, the Mark Opitz uh, re-release last year. So if you uh, in your own time want to go out there and put a review on there, you will be right at the top of the page. If you love you know, the music and you think something's out there, go put a review. If you see a bad review on something, put your review. It'll go on top of it and push it down out of the public sphere. So it's all in excess alumni out there. Go to All Music Review, post what you think, uh, and you get a chance to be a music journal for a moment too. So we encourage that. Also, too, B, you did send me a little bit of a, a quick uh, manuscript of Manny's book, and I thought we would acknowledge Manny. I know it's about to go off to the publishers and things, but uh, I did a little bit of a sample deep dive, and, um, you know, well done to Manny. You know, a lot of work's gone into that, and uh, congrats, obviously, on getting that to uh, what we think is a publishing situation very soon. So once that comes out, we'll have to have Manny as a guest and uh, and do a deep dive on his book. Do you want to explain what it's about, though, the book? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, maybe you can there because you've probably got a little more insight there. I guess well, I'm reading more. The... <laughs> well, well, look, obviously it is a breakdown of the songs and he's gone through, it I think, every, every song. But yes. give, give your twist on it, B, because you've obviously had a little bit more to do with it than me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so proud, so proud yeah. that he's my mate and he's done this. It's a fantastic, it's very engaging. So it's not, it's not nerdy as in it's like, oh, this fact, this fact, that. He's actually yeah. put a lot of description into it and it's really, yeah. really cool way of a, a good read. Really good. Yes. I can't wait to see it actually published properly. But yeah, it starts with like going right back to um, the, the pub days and the songs that they sang on stage right to like their first um releases and the b-sides and and, yeah. and and extra remixes or wow. oh, just poof. yeah yes. this is the book that yes. you want mm. it's a truly comprehensive uh compendium yeah uh, of everything about very the songs. good Absolutely. I like that. I can, yes. um, 
Yes. Uh, now, we're not going to go through all the, the, the gigs globally, but all I can say is that my inbox is being absolutely bombarded with everywhere from England to America to Australia to New Zealand to various regions around the world where there are in excess cover bands playing live. So don't be afraid to do a Google search. You will probably find one on your local corner at the moment because they are definitely growing. Oh, are you going to do anything more on, on, because I've been asked to talk about Don't Change and Ipswich. Can we just give that a big plug? You, you give it a plug. I know that I give it a little plug to the one in Melbourne. They are playing down here uh, where um, we went sort of in excessive, I believe. Oh, B, yes, yes. Remember? Yes. But at the same venue, the Don't Change boys are playing there later in the mm-hmm. year, around November time. So at the Palms, mm-hmm. at the casino. Yeah. But yes, give the Ipswich one a bit of a plug. Yes, please, everybody. That's up in Queensland. Um, but if you're at the Hamilton Hotel, which I think might be sold out, but I hope to see you there. I'm um, I'm bombing up the coast to go. Literally, I am bombing up the coast to go and see Don't Change. That's like 350 kilometres. And then the next weekend, I'm bombing down to Sydney to Chatswood to go and see the In Excess show with Dalla Coma. Do you remember that really okay, good looking yes, guy? Yes. So I'm going <laughs> right. Good looking guy. The really good looking one. Yeah, I mean, I have to go. But have, you ever seen, have you ever seen Fleabag, the TV show? No. What okay. Oh, uh, there's a there's a character in it. Some of our listeners will have seen it. Um, it's a very good show, English show. But uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, or whatever, she's Fleabag. But the mother-in-law is played by the uh, English actress Olivia Colman, who you might know. But she meets her, her daughter-in-law's boyfriend, and she just at the dinner says to him, "You are very, very good looking." <laughs> you just have to say, and then and then they go have a drink afterwards in the in the room. Just want to let you know, you really are very good looking. <laughs> and as they're leaving the house, she goes, "Oh, good, lovely to meet you. You're just so good looking." <laughs> it is very, very good. So the TV show's Fleabag. Uh, any Fleabag fans out there, uh, post in. But uh, just a quickie, Pete. What does bombing or bumming or bombing up the coast mean? That's an Englishy thing. Is that right? Bombing, yeah. What did you say? Bombing, bombing, as in like uh, Al- Al-Qaeda or what? Huh? Yeah, I'm going to shoot off up oh. to the coast. Oh, okay. No bombing up the, don't you know? Definitely not bumming. No. no. Well, I've just, you know, we, you are English and I'm Australian. And actually, you... actually, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you if we're going to oh, get down there. Right. right. So last week episode and everybody you can you can vouch for me on this because Hayden's right. not listened um, right. and, and I've had to listen to it three right. times you said blowjob what <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> and I was like in regards to what I don't know but you said and blowjob okay well can we get the Carmel police detective out there Carmel if you're listening can you go ahead and go back and listen because I swear I wouldn't be saying anything like that at all. And that's not like me, as B's putting her tongue into her left bar cheek. <laughs> all right. This is like a the X-rated edition, B. You're doing some very, very naughty symbols there. Uh, can, can we move along? Yes, we can. <laughs> hey, birthday wishes, okay? Everyone's favourite favorite Scientologist. Uh, hello, Mr. Tom Cruise, okay? And and part-time actor, mainstay Scientologist. Uh, turned 61 this week, B. Well, it wasn't Australia celebrating. But the more serious birthdays this week I want to acknowledge is uh, Jim Kerr from Simple Minds, uh, Scottish friend, 64. Is she trying Jim. to do a Scottish accent? It was though. really bad. It was really bad. It was really bad. Um, but uh, Jim's 64. 
Uh, Rockstar NXSP, okay, mm-hmm. that turns uh, 18 this week, okay, because that's uh, uh, started and commenced about 18 years ago this week. Our favourite drummer in the world behind John Farris, Mr. Ringo Starr, 83. We probably saw some photos of John and Ringo doing their star victory slash peace sign. Tom Hanks, 67, everyone's favourite actor. Uh, Roger McGuinn from The uh, the Birds, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, 81. Mavis Staples, she's the great soul singer The Prince uh, used to uh, get singing back up on things like Diamonds and Pearls, and I think she sung a rendition of no- Nothing Compares to You. She's 84, Mavis Staples. Jack White uh, of the Black, uh, sorry, the White Stripes, I should say. Very talented man, he's 48. Courtney Love, everyone's favourite rock and roll train wreck. Uh, she turns 59 this week. Hello, Courtney. Speaking of uh, blowjobs, uh, Neil Tennant from uh, Pet Shop Boys, okay, he turns 69 this week. So, <laughs> oh, Mr. Neil. So there you go, okay? Uh, so, uh, you know, no more Eastern girls, but just West End girls, okay? Mr. 69, well done, Neil. They're my birthdays for the week. Elton Hayden. Thank you, but that's the news. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And now it's time for Topic of the Week. Well, B, we're getting to our topic today, which is really on the back end of last week, NXS allegedly wasted, but we, uh, we're going to take uh, a two approach today we're going to dive deep on the fan experience and that is those fans who happen to engage with us from the last week's episode and uh, share some of their experiences of being on sort of tour with the band uh well like going to the concerts i should say but effectively it's a bit like being on tour with the band b and i know you've got sort of four or five uh, little stories or anecdotes to, to read out that we will uh share um, but also we're going to do something a little bit tr- sneaky and tricky and exciting, and we're going to go back into the uh, the archives of some very, very famous interviews and little clips that the band did whilst they were on tour, sort of promoting uh, the concerts and the new album. So looking forward to sort of sharing that with our listeners today, B. Excellent. Let's go and uh, let, let's deep dive into some of these things that you've uh, found. <laughs> well, we'll start with you. We'll go into the, the fan experience. So uh, who's first off the bat who uh, went to one of the gigs and uh, where was that be? We had a few people get in contact with us via our Facebook page and Instagram. First of all, there was a guy called John and he saw them back in Aberdeen. So I should imagine that was in Scotland. That's good to yep. know. I think they had quite a following in Scotland at the time, didn't they? And yeah, then we, yeah, absolutely. And then we have Vicky and she saw them in Denver in the at the, the Paramount. Paramount. Well, the Why Paramount might be the venue. So she's done in Capitals there. So the Paramount tour. may have just been the venue, which I think rings a bell when I was going through uh, some of the gigs they did. But she regretted seeing them at Red Rock for the Listen not Like... The, not seeing them at Red Rock? Yeah, for the um, Listen Like Thieves, Thieves tour, which is the, the one that I saw them on. Which, uh, yeah, awesome. Do you know what Red Rocks is, B? No. What? Red Rocks is a big red rock uh, that is in Denver. Uh, or in the Colorado area, that uh, there's probably more famous for you too uh, on the Under a Blood Red Sky tour, uh, playing at that venue. So there's this beautiful backdrop of this big, massive red rock, uh, probably the equivalent of our Airs Rock or Uluru, and really great outdoor sort of uh, venue there where a lot of bands have played. And as I said, you know, you two uh, did one of their live album recordings there, obviously in excess uh, by virtue of what Vicky has said, has played there previously uh, on their uh, List Like Thieves tour, which um, uh, would have been great to go to. And she regrets missing him on that, and so do we. 
I think that the Red Rocks venue would have been a lot more impressive than Birmingham Odeon. What do you reckon? <laughs> well, look, there's something about an outdoor outdoor sort of arena, you know, constant experience, isn't there? And um. right down here in Melbourne, we have uh, a region called the Macedon Ranges. Bruce Springsteen played up at Mount Macedon uh, some sort of eight, nine years ago, I think, and I think Jimmy Barnes might have been supporting him there on that particular uh, gig. And that's an amazing backdrop as well, a little bit similar in theme to Red Rock. So something about an outdoor venue, uh, great scenery you know, around it. Uh, uh, I saw in excess of I think where I saw them play outdoors, I saw them play up at, uh, well, played them in, uh, they played in Singapore with JD, and I'll talk about that in future episodes, but that was a big outdoor venue on a hill right sort of uh, in the Singaporean sort of uh, uh, botanical sort of type garden setup, which was really beautiful and steamy and hot and, you know, beer in a hand and great music. Uh, yeah, that live experience out- outdoors is always pretty good in the summertime, B. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Take me there now. Okay, <laughs> Will Paul has been a massive follower of ours from uh, Day Dot, so hello yep. to him. He saw them once in Cardiff at the Music in the Bay Festival, which they headlined, and then Wembley Arena, but he really enjoyed the Cardiff show. Yeah. And, yep. and, of course, that is Wales. Um, yes. And then we've got David Reed. Um, saw the band in Glasgow, number one in Scotland that year, which would have been 97. Couldn't believe it would be in my last time I'd see Michael. And he did see them also with JD. Yeah. Hmm. We've got Fantastic. Bob Fritz saw them at the Riverport with Cheap Tricks. Um, it was a great show. I think um, Chuck Feldman was there, wasn't he? He talks about Cheap, cheap Tricks quite a lot. Yeah, B, I'm going to have to pull you up on it for the cheap trick fans out oh, there. No plural, no okay? No plural, Big okay. Trick, okay. They only had one trick, no, they didn't. They were pretty cool. But yeah, look, that would probably have been a pretty good show. Yeah, cheap trick, a pretty iconic band in the Rock Hall of Fame. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe a, a festival type sort of setup there, but we can dive deep on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we've got Karen. I think this one was from Instagram. Um, in excess, put on an amazing show in Los Angeles, and we were lucky to go backstage to meet them afterwards. Lucky Karen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I've. Um, Get into oh I, yeah that remind me a guy called Stuart got in touch with us via our message board on our Facebook page. That's a really cool way of getting in touch with us. And Stuart's been sending me photographs as well, so um, I might send those onto our socials, girls, and get those on the um, on the Facebook page as well. But he has written quite a bit to me, but his first one was, just listen to your podcast about the Elegantly Wasted Tour. I had appreciated, I did hadn't appreciated the Oz fans who never got to see them, which made me sad to hear. Yeah. I saw them at the Glasgow, Nova Scotland, in June 1997, which was my first ever gig as I was 21 back then. I'd got it into the band in 1990 during the X and when Welcome and Full Moon came out, it felt like an amazing time for their music. After going back through their back catalogue, needless to say, the band were loud. This is going back to the concert and sweaty from the night in Glasgow. The crowd was jumping. I have pictures if you want to share them with your, but they are a bit grainy, we don't mind, um, but you, it'll give you an idea of what the crowd was like. Wow. Great description. Excellent. And look, you know, again, you just 
the, the, the more descriptive they are, but isn't it funny how you sort of just mentally pitch yourself being there and, you know, both jealousy sort of comes across us, but also joy at someone else's joy of having been able to experience, you know, the, uh, the live experience with the band. Great, not going so much. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're going to now throw to the wonders of technology, B, and we're going to go back 26 years uh, and hear from some of the band members and a few little interviews that took place. Cool little bit of footage on each of them. So what I thought I would do, B, is uh, I would just uh, give a backdrop of each little video that's about to pop up. Uh, we'll throw to the videos and the audios and let our listeners enjoy it for what it is. Sounds cool? Excellent. We thought we'd start off a little bit with Michael, who did a very rare interview there in America with uh, the very famous guy, probably more so now than he was back then, but John Stewart, who uh, probably a political commentator slash comedian slash host, uh, interviews Michael in a very relaxed state, B, and uh, we'll let Michael and John take it away with this little excerpt. Is your songwriting more mature now as, as you've gotten older? I notice a lot of bands as well, they, they get famous and then they write the It's Really Hard to Be Famous they album. They lose it one, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really, this is really tough. Yeah, exactly. The, the album where all the songs are like, my life is mine. You can't steal my soul. <laughs> and you're just like, what? What the hell happened? No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Um, well, the problem is all the angst and stuff, I guess you kind of learn to replace it, you know, you get a, an older angst or something, you know, you still have passions and hopefully I do, I, and, and things that, you know, I, I really believe I have to put down into music, I still do, I, and there's been moments where I haven't, and I know I've been... Did it come know, easier in the early days in terms of writing? Uh, yeah, you know, it's amazing how uh, working in a, a factory for 12 hours uh, from 5 a.m. and not being able to pay the rent, how many good songs you can write <laughs> uh, during that process. And, and still the inspiration. It's, it's not, because yeah. it, I find that when I'm writing comedy uh, now, I have to sit down and really try to, to bang it out. Yeah, because you get, it, you, get, you get a pattern and the, the problem is to, you get a habit and you, you, you get tricks and, and, and you have to be wary of your own tricks that you start repeating and you have to right. move away from them. You know? Is this album the best work you guys have done? I think it's some of our best, definitely. You know, I think it's fresh. It's hard. I mean, we, we, when, when Andrew and I were writing, we, 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 we did something we haven't done for, for so long, which is like since we were about, we've known it since we were at 12. But we just rang each other up and say, okay, weekend here, weekend there, over nine months. You know, not like, here's the month where you have to make the record, here's right. the record, here's the video, and all that. That's why we had so much time off, you know? Right. And we just, as we wrote it, we recorded it. And, uh, and we just kept most of it. Most of the, what's on the record is, um, First takes and oh really yeah stuff like that you know wow so you guys really bedrooms, did you know, want to get out of the studio yeah <laughs> took out, yeah exactly yeah. exactly they were like <laughs> for a second then. Hey, let's See go to dinner we're out of here yeah All no, right, eight uh, days it was good we're uh, going to commercial when we come back still Michael seemed very relaxed in that piece didn't he yeah even though I know you don't like the the long black hair the straight long black hair he looked really <laughs> cool and yeah so relaxed he took his shoes off. Yes, he was very comfortable with not wearing his shoes for that interview. It seemed like uh, him and, and John had a good rapport. Um, I think throughout the interview, uh, the, the Michael's like, yeah, we're going out tonight, John. You know, we're hanging out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, again, only a few months before Michael passed. But, um, yeah, it was uh, a lovely seeing them connect together. What else you found? Oh, well, I've got another little one here. 
here now. We, you know, please, please, as mentioned to me a bit earlier, that we may have put this on before, but there may be listeners fresh to us who haven't heard it yet. So, um, in excess, fortunately, did play the Rosie O'Donnell show. And Rosie back then was uh, a lot younger and she was probably more of an actress then going into TV hosting. Pre her uh, The View days, uh, where she became a little bit hostile. But uh, Rosie was a bit of an NXS fan, and do you know she stuck into one of the very early concerts with NXS back on their very first tour, which uh, she shares with. Um, And also, uh, on this particular one, Michael shares a very interesting fan experience. So take it away, Michael and Rosie. Do you enjoy touring or it gets a little grueling? No, we, we love being on stage. I mean, it's the 22 other hours a, a day that's, you know. Yeah, it's tough. Know, yeah. It's Any true. crazy fans ever do any weird things to you? Because I know rock and roll guys, you got some wacky fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, the other day in, uh, in uh, Stockholm, we're having a big launch of the record, you know, because it's out now. And uh, someone said, this girl said to me, look, uh, come here, come here, come here, I want, I, want to, I want to show you something, I want to show you something. And I'm saying, what, 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 what? And we lead, she leads me into the bathroom. Uh-oh. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen one of these before, honest. <laughs> and and uh, she says, she goes in the cubicle, she says, listen. And I hear this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what's that? What's that? Like, what's the, and she said, she starts getting very upset and says, don't you recognize it? It's Need You Tonight. I'm peeing it for you. No way! Oh, my God! You know what? When I go to the bathroom next, you know darn well I'm going to try that, Michael. Because I've never done that. Wow. I wonder how many women have tried that, Hayden. And guys, probably. <laughs> well, it takes a very, very nether area technique to come up with that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just stick to humming. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, look, you know, uh, imagine if, uh, you know, there was itchy down there and she had to whistle, but we won't add that. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, number three, uh, we have the very, very cool update. I only found this the other day, B, and we did. I, never, I, I thought this was just a, not a rumor. We know it was a rumor, but I never knew Michael was on the record talking about it. I thought this was a bit more after he passed. But the uh, the infamy behind uh, the uh, the Oasis link between uh, elegantly wasting the chorus and one of the tracks maybe having Michael say better than Oasis, Michael is now on the record here, which we've found uh, either disputing or proving this theory. So over to you, Michael. Tell our listeners what you actually said. It elegantly wasted the actual song. I don't know if you hear this at all, but I always hear the line better than Oasis as opposed to <laughs> elegantly wasted. Are you saying that? No. It's a weird thing, you know. No, I would not say that. I'm convinced what's being said in that song. Uh, maybe I am. <laughs> Do you think you are? Uh, no, people have said that. I've heard that myself. It's strange, strange phenomenon. It's weird how that happens. Weird. Do you think you're better than Oasis? Mm, I don't. I never really interviewed comparing stuff, you mm. know. I don't really care to. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then my final question was um, just about... Um, what, how would you suggest 
someone uh, starting up in a band mm. deal with the things that you've obviously had to deal with with tabloids mm. and just with wanting to live in a city and having so many eyes on you, so many focus, you know, because by rights of being a rock star, that private life automatically becomes public domain. And how do you manage to handle it and stay sane about it? <clears throat> um, well, I mean, for me, I, I, I would say don't live in London <laughs> uh, at all. And because um, otherwise, yeah, everywhere else it's not too bad, but London, you, you just get shanghai by these guys and exploited and they make it up as they go along. If they can't find it, and it's just terrible. It's, um, uh, otherwise, I guess, uh, I don't know, I don't have any advice really. I mean, I've always sort of prided myself in trying to be sort of naive about myself mm -hmm. and uh, just get on with your own life. And, Do you think about leaving and going back to Australia? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to. Eventually, but um, you know, I don't think you should live your life being pushed around by people either. You know, so we'll see. Well done finding that because we <laughs> hadn't we interviewed Tim Ferriss, remember? And Tim was yes. like, "Ah, oh, you know, Michael was too cool to respond." However, yeah. you have found some response. Well done, yes. you. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know much about recording, and I'll put myself in that category. Uh, a track in recording terms might be one piece of music, one piece of vocal. You know, in, in Queen's case, they used to use multi-vocal vocals, so they had four or five tracks playing. So what Michael may have done there is they've, they've harmonised him and the band singing four or five different tracks, you know, elegantly wasted, and then maybe Michael snuck in a better than Oasis, so it sort of blurs in, you know, yeah, to, the, right. to the audio. But, uh, <laughs> Michael, thank you for also not really totally confirming or denying, which is always a great rumour to, to keep going. Yeah, well done. And you've All got right. one more, I reckon. I've got one more here. Mm -hmm. um, this one's probably the longest of the group, but uh, I really liked watching this. I hadn't seen it before till the other day, but it's a it's a French uh, TV show documentary on the band. It goes for about 30 minutes. We've just done it with about four minutes of it, uh, particularly towards the end. Um, and it just talks about the brotherhood of being in a band and being back on tour and recording fresh songs together and, um, you know, what it actually means, I guess, sort of being in excess and, and producing vital music back in 97. So uh, we thought we would finalise with this particular one. Uh, was, I think it was through the French pop gallery, Doco, and uh, I think this Doco came out, uh, might have been uploaded in 99, but it was obviously around the 97 period. So uh, we'll play this one out as well and hope you enjoy this part. In a way, I think in excess will always sound like an excess simply because of the, the, the constitution of the personalities in the group. Um, but I do think that when we go away and the longer we're apart and the longer we're individually doing our own thing, it definitely helps bring a new spatial quality to the band's sound. each other and supportive of each other it's it's a really great feeling and it's a really great time and it's well, it sounds corny but after having been together so long um, you'd expect those sort of things to be wearing thin and but they're not they, they seem to be getting better and I remember this often um, when we were like, you know, pretty young and we were all driving around in the same car and hanging out, you know, just the six guys like a gang, which is what we are. Um, 
and we went to this beach one night and we sat outside on this beach and we all basically just shook hands and said, that's it. We're not going to split. We're not going to um, change the lineup. Um, and, you know, it's like, I'm taking as far <gasps> as I can go. <gasps> you know, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. We still really enjoy when we get in a room together or whatever the situation and play music together. There's something special about it, you know, and I think that... Like it too much. Yeah, it's addictive. It's one, one of the main reasons I think we have stuck together, because we can still do it. We're all, uh, you know, wise old bastards. Hopefully we've got our own lives and li lived and got a lot out of this, you know, and, and we're back to sort of being a gang again now. Just so lovely to hear his voice, isn't it? Yeah. It's so positive and so happy about bringing this album and tour to us all. And, and you know the, the staggering thing, B, that... Uh, that when I, especially this doco part when I back, went back and watched it, and it really disputes the theory of the day, and that is that they weren't over the hill or has-beens or whatever. They were still so young. I mean, I'm looking at John there, who's 35, 36 at the time. I mean, you know, as you and I both know, that's much younger than what we are today. And in terms of fresh and vital and, and, and purposeful music, uh, you know, it was such a, a, a particularly, um, you know, great album that's grown over time and... You know, I, I guess if they were still functioning as an entity, Michael was still with us. I think this album and uh, some of this material would probably uh, still be um, uh, savoured uh, and would still get a, a, a gong in the set list because they probably were Michael's most uh, honest lyrics at, a, at his most vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say it again. It's my favourite album. I just yep. so gutted that I yep. didn't go to see them and well done yep. to everybody else that went and got their time to watch this tour. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, well, look, hope everybody enjoyed that. Thanks, B, for allowing me to indulge a bit. And thank you for your involvement on this one today. I've really enjoyed it. Me too, mate. Hi, it's Paul from Sydney. Uh, you're on Access All Areas with Payton and B. It's time for Pleasure and Pain. Yes, it's my turn this week with Pleasure and Pain for 1997. So sit back, relax, because I'm going to take you on a little journey with these songs and uh, we'll talk to you about it when we get back.
straight straight into the clumps there with the Chemical Brothers and um, Block Rocking Beats. Do you remember that one? I do remember that one. That was probably one of the first Chemical Brothers songs that I had heard. Mm. And it was quite influential at the time. I think you two around the pop album time used that song or that type of music vibe for one of their songs called Mofo. I always felt the end of this song got a little bit like, i got to turn the radio down. It was very like sort of squealy at the end bit, but oh, the, yeah. that yeah. sort of black rock and beat is really thumping, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, good choice, Pete. Yeah, no, I thought it was a real banger to start with. Yeah, that's the thing. good way to set it up. Yep. <laughs> and then going straight into Fatboy Slim. Now, Fatboy Slim had quite a few um, songs coming out around this era, but this one is called Going Out of My Head. And I quite like this one. And I remember it being really popular in the clubs as well. It was probably almost after this period that he really broke out. It wasn't more 98, 99, 2000, 2001. Correct. Like Norman Cook, he was in another band over there in the UK, wasn't he? Yes, the House Martins. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which were formerly called the? Just said it, the House Martins. The Beautiful South? No, the Beautiful South came afterwards and that was the, the other South. guy. Beautiful Martin, South became the House yeah, Martins? Nor- Norman Cook wasn't in the Beautiful South. No, but the Beautiful South came from the became the House Martins, is that right? No, the other way around. So there was oh, the House okay. Martins and then yes. there was Fat Boy Slim and the Beautiful South. And do you remember that Dub Be Good To Me, you know that song that also Norman was in? That's... Just, just be good to me, but it was dumb be good to me. I don't remember that one. Oh, okay. No worries. Right. I'm taking over. Sorry. Yeah, I'll shut you're up. right. You're All right. right. Number three. All right, okay. <laughs> Number three. Going a little bit more smooth now and into the house mixes with Angelo um, Ferrari. How cool a name is that? And this <laughs> one was called um, Ask Yourself, which is a bit of a um, the from Talking Heads, isn't it? And you have to ask yourself. Oh. It's large, yeah, but it's oh, that, okay. that that yeah. song that's in uh-huh. there, so I quite like it. Then going straight into Stardust, really like Stardust, and this is the the, the music sounds better with you. Such a cool. Oh, I love this one. Song. I love this one. I love do you it. Know, too. Do you know this song is the uh, theme song of a midday sports show uh, in Melbourne every day? They use that. They use that tune, and what, the guy who wrote that song is one half of the guys from uh, Daft Punk. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. That was a little side project for him, and what a great little side project song! Brilliant, you know? brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Still sounds uh, great, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was just so cool back then, hey. And yeah. then this one, oh my god, with Shirley Bassey, the Propeller Heads, and it's just yes. so way cool. If you can <laughs> go and watch it on um, YouTube, just the the intro into it, it's like got that jazz feel and yep, way way cool. And it's called so what History, was this called? History Repeating itself yeah that was a that was big in australia day wasn't it mm. that was big and good old shirley uh from wheels yeah with tom yeah. in yeah. fact in fact i'll just do a little side note there I've just, one of our patrons sarah camia yep. she's actually at the snow at the moment and her husband's just broken his leg literally this afternoon oh. yeah oh. and she wasn't feeling well so she stayed back so she's got to sort of organize getting the kids off the uh slopes at the moment that's a side note, but she was telling me before that that her, uh, her uh, parents went to see Tom Jones, 80, she said. He came oh. out with a walking stick and pretended to be dodgery and old and then just belted it out. <laughs> they said his voice is getting better and better, but I would just, if Tom comes here, we will go and see him, yeah? 
as opposed to younger Phil Collins who comes out with a walking stick but then oh. sits down and really is feeling the age. Is that fair oh, to say? Shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, awesome choices, Fee. Keep going. Okay, so number six, this is me now coming out of the clubs on my way home in a black cab, which was fantastic coming out of London um, nightclubs. No, not with, with a Kerry Hayden. No, no don't okay. don't spoil my don't spoil it. Right, so Whoa. I'm in the black cab going around Trafalgar Square, seeing all the you know the statues and the lights and Big Ben and oh, it's just fantastic, it really was, and never ever by All Saints is playing Yay. in my ears. Yeah, yeah. I it's love a that really, song. Yeah, yeah, it's a really sort of relaxing, beautiful song. Um, I love yeah. the little rap in there as well. That's good. Yeah. Yep. And then coming down again, even more relaxing, <laughs> is Porter Head, All Mine. It's, yes. it's quite, a, it probably makes me feel like, you know, <laughs> the, the liquids that are inside me are probably making me feel a bit guilty as well. So I thought yes. that was quite a good song. Did you like Portis Head? I do, I do. Mm. I know Michael was a big fan of them. And oh, yeah, think, he was. If we mm. think back to the song Possibilities off Michael's uh, posthumous mm. solo album, it, it does uh, dips its lid to Portis Head with its production yeah. as well. She, she's great in the band, have a really good sound. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Mm. Good choice. The, the video to that one, she looks really quirky, um, really, yeah. really um, interesting. And then one of my all-time favourite albums is Air. By yep. air, yeah, and the, yeah. the the song that I chose was "All I Need." Yeah, oh, that st- song just stops me. I yeah. can't do anything else. It just, I have to listen to it from the start to the end. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful album. That, yeah, could, just if I could add, um, you know, the, the French guys as well as sort yes. of the Daft Punk guys, and they, there was really a good era there, wasn't there, with that mm. those French acts like Air and Daft Punk and things like that who. Around that similar era and time, and um, yeah, they they had uh, some great songs and did very well down under and through Europe and a little bit in America as well. Often you see an air song pop up in a movie, don't you? Mm. Um, they had really great soundtrack, cinematic, you know, sort of sounds as well. So yeah. excellent choice. It was really weird because I I'd sent these to you and I'd I got my list together and then I went out to shopping to a grocery store to a spa and they're playing the same song. It's like, oh. and it's not, the, it's not, a, it's quite a unique song, I think, yes. you know? Yes. So that was a bit, whoa, what's that all about? Yeah. Any, yeah. Anyway, okay. So I'm very relaxed now listening to air and I just tuck in myself in and I wake up to Natalie singing Torn because that's the song <laughs> that just really gets me out of bed and wants me to Natalie sing. Natalie who? So Natalie, oh, I can't say. <laughs> you say it. Natalie in Brugulia. <laughs> Natalie Natalie Brulia. Uh Melbourne's Brulia. own. Well, sorry, actually Steve. Newcastle's own, I should say. Yes. Newcastle as in New South Wales here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, that was a big song here and uh through America and through uh England. Probably yes. put her on the map, particularly after her time in that uh show Neighbours that uh uh, we did very well for, for uh, her. But, uh, yeah, great song, Bertie. And uh, I think uh, a song that still gets played on the radio every day around the globe, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I used to work as a beauty therapist back in England and um, I used to, one of my um, top clients worked for Virgin, high up in Virgin, and she went to, um, what's his name? 
who who runs Virgin? Um, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. She went yep. to his island, right. and with Natalie, <laughs> oh, and they okay. played tennis together. And yeah, wow. yeah. And wow. She was telling me about all the food that came out every morning, like whatever you wanted. And oh my god, I'd happy to go six love with uh, Natalie anytime. Oh, Thank I you bet very much. you would. <laughs> I bet you would. Okay, now you made me change my number ten. I'm going to let everybody know. What it was, it was elegantly wasted, but Hayden made me change it. And well, this is a non in excess list, remember. They're the it rules. It is. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right, yeah. right. And so I thought, well, I'm going to give you a little bit of pain, Hayden, and myself oh. a little bit of pleasure oh. with the song Oombop. I thought you were joking when you texted me. Oh my god! Okay, all right, okay. Because I know you don't like that, but I love it, and I want to yeah. dedicate that song to my best mate at the time, Steph, because we weren't teenagers, but we acted like teenagers every time that song came on. Well, 9 out of 10 B, you've done very well, so you are truly pleasurable and painful today with your list. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome list, B, all the way up till the end, but uh, gee, 9 out of 10 is not bad, you know, considering uh, everyone has different tastes in music, but you've really nailed it today. So excellent list, and we hope people out there can think back to 1997, which was the year. Uh, and we hope it was the year B. I hope you got your, your Wikipedia right, but I think you're pretty accurate from my memory as well. So uh, that's Pleasure and Pain, 1997, all done. I would like to actually put on the end there, we would like to um, invite uh, a patron with their list for 1998. Yep. Okay. So if you have got a great list um, and you have to put in at least one pain, <laughs> um, then come on to the podcast and we would love to hear it. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Turn to the rant. I've had a 12-month rest, and I'm angry, angry, angry. Helen Razor, the self-proclaimed famed journalist of Melbourne, Canberra, and Sydney fame, has decided to come out into our in excess and Ollie Olsen community and somehow act like the superior being that she's always claimed to be. 26 years ago, she came out and said on Triple J that all the world needs is another in excess album a comment that can only come from a person who has no musical background and no credibility in this space. That's fine. Opinions are opinions. But 26 years later, she feels the need to come into an Ollie Olsen chat room and decide to correct somebody who had the temerity to call him Ian, his true birth name, and double down on her little bit of knowledge that somehow that Ollie would only want to be called Ollie and from man near his deathbed, that's the way she'd be called to. Well, listen, Helen, you have no right to be in our chat room. You have no right to comment on people that you don't really have any genuine relationship with. And to when challenged about having the temerity to criticise Michael and the album and say 26 years later, I still stand by that claim it's an awful album, you can just fuck off. It's a great album. It's been acknowledged. Your opinions matter to little. Piss off. Go get sacked again from all the other places you've been sacked to. uh, And keep patronising the other people in the world and not us. Fuck off. And this is Manny from the UK. This is Lisa Mack from Brisbane, Australia. And this is Felicia from Everett, Washington, USA. And that's a wrap.
right, B. Well, that's a bit of a wrap. It's almost like a nostalgic episode today, going back in time to a lot of little nuggets we used to do. But a uh, uh, bit excited over the next couple of weeks. We we do have a couple of guests coming on, but we sort of like to sort of only announce them once they're really official. And when we say official, that is they're virtually being recorded or in the can from agreement. But uh, we are excited that uh, probably our next two episodes will include uh, two of these particular uh, guests, uh, although there could be a third guest coming on one of them. But uh, really simply, yeah, we, we're around that 1997 period and uh, we are very, very lucky to have some of these people coming on to share, you know, their times with Michael and their experiences and things like that. So we won't tell you who they exactly are today, but uh, you'll see it on our socials and uh, yeah, that'll be happening over the next couple of weeks, B. Very exciting, guys. You don't want to miss these. I, yeah. I'm i like uber excited, but yeah, we've got guests coming out of our ears, haven't we? In fact, we? we're recording with two of these people. It's one tomorrow. guest. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> one of them's obviously the major guest with the second one who's already been on our show, been on our show but he's going to sort of chaperone in as well. Yeah, um, and can I, can I sort of um, uh, not name drop, but if I yep. can say, speaking to people in Malibu, oh, wow. Oh, well, that sounds a little listen, bit yeah. exotic oh, for me. Not name dropping, and then you just drop Malibu in there, right? Perhaps okay. I'm thinking of the drink. All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ta- Tahiti looks nice. Okay, yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one is in um, California, so that's cool. Malibu. Okay, yeah. you're mean tree. Is that another guest on top? Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Folks are down where I come from. Okay. Uh, now, competitions and raffle time. It's been a good four to six weeks since we've done anything, B. Now, you've put something together that we are going to raffle off. Nothing like a good old Aussie raffle to uh, get the uh, patrons around the world uh, engaging in some of the- uh, No sausages. Yeah, and some of the, and some of the, the lesser <laughs> listeners who just uh, listen and you know occasionally pop in and out. But uh, B, what is going to be the raffle prize? Can you describe it for our listeners before we post? I've put a little package together for everybody. Yep. Now, at Christmas, Tim and Kirk sent me a parcel um, with lots of good goodies for and signed good goodies for the podcast. So I've got an original press. It's absolutely mint condition, the actual um, presses. And it's on, is it RCA Records? Yep. And it's Just Keep Walking, oh, um, wow. which is from 19. 19- 80 and yep. on the flip side we've got scratch okay, okay so that's signed by kirk and wow Tim. wow mm-hmm. and that's in its original sleeve that's 43 years old i guess isn't it yeah yep. yeah yeah original right. sleeve yeah yep. and then um kirk also sent me bless him um he sent me some of his guitar picks well. so i've got a really gorgeous purple one here with his yep. name on it and in yep. excess and then we've got the peace sign at the back yep. of that one that is lovely really yep. really lovely yep. so that will go in the package he also sent me some stickers bless him yes. so we've got an original in excess sticker from yep. kirk yep. and also this one's from tim and yeah. um, this is yeah this is a um satin guest backstage pass for from- Wembley. 91, yeah, oh, from wow. um, the X. Um, Expect to tour, yeah. 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 How awesome. gorgeous is that? Right, and it's like made out of like a satin sort of type fabric. Ten, oh, yeah. wow. It's awesome. a sticker, so you stick it on. Okay. But um, you don't want to do that. You so want the to keep signature, it. The signatures, uh, the original signatures, that is, in terms of signing are on just the vinyl 45, is that right? That's correct, yes. Right. And oh, I'll put okay. them all together. So we're going to do what we usually do, which well, maybe, is- Sorry, a, maybe it's a 33. Oh. That's what a single is, I think. Steel albums are 45. But anyway, yep, keep going. Singles are 45. Are they? 
Yeah. Forty-five. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Seven-inch forty-five. Okay. And then cool. you've got your um, yeah. So. Um, $20 a ticket, guys. They're going to yep. be on the website. We'll put yep. the link into the description this week yep. for you. So it'll be easy for you to find. Um, we're not going to limit this one. We're just okay. going to put it out there and we'll have it um, for a good, good six weeks on there to allow people to yep. um, get their tickets in. Because I know some of you are so busy that you don't get to hear this podcast and I don't want you to miss out. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. All right, B. Well, we thought we'd go with a bit of a tribute song today. Uh, could we go out with the Donna Summer and the In Excess one? I reckon that'd be pretty cool. Now, do you know the original version of I Feel Love by Donna Summer? I with, love it. Do you know that song? I saw a doco the other day uh, on Donna Summer, and that song wasn't a hit to start with. And the, the issue was was that the guy who made that song, um, George Admiroda, uh, and the album A&R guy felt that the song actually didn't go long enough because they'd played at parties. So people go, what was the song? Can you play it again? Can you play it again? Anyway, they did this special thing where they did a 20-minute version of this song, okay? And it's a very sexual sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, recorded Feeling track. Feeling love. The, yeah, but, it, no, but there are groans and all sorts of stuff. Then there's a lot of sort of myth and facts behind it, so you can do your own deep dive, but... Mashing it up with a very sexy song, which is in excess of most sexy song, Need You Tonight, is a it's a really cool little mashup. So uh, we might not have time to play the entire thing, but we will give you as much as we can. And let let us just say that we feel a bit of love today amongst our community. Uh, we need you tonight. We need you all the time. And it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. Goodbye, everyone.
And you've been listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B.